Thank you very much. Um, it's always astonishing because uh, when I got the idea of this project, I didn't know anything about open data and still ignore most of, of things about open data. But the, it was good to, to know, I think, because the idea was open data was gaining momentum and we just put the question will, the, will they work or not in respect of anti corruption? Um, what I'm going to show you is the results of the project. Um, we just tried to, to make the synthesis of the synthesis of the synthesis of the huge work that has been done. Few bullet points, and I will just present them uh, to um, the discussion and, and to um, for, for the final report, which will be ready in uh, let's say a month's time. This is the starting point. How can corruption be reduced or prevented? And we just wanted to know, uh, just look at the corner, uh, we just want to explore the real impact of open data. The project, since the beginning, has been an exploratory path. There was no research, everyone has said something is new, we don't know that much, we want to learn, we want to learn more. So we developed this project and we focus on the research, trying to understand what the impact is. It's always difficult because when you talk about open data, everyone is really enthusiastic. Say, open data is the great, is the future, is the next big thing. And we say, okay, but talking about corruption, only about corruption, do they work or not? And we try to measure this impact. This is the synthesis, and we divide it in negative impacts, neutral, and positive impacts. Um, the English is mine, so take care. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's go for the negative. We had space only for four of them, so these are the four main points, but, but in the report there will be more and more of them. The first one is not our, uh, by ourselves, we just copied it, uh, but it was a great way to say what we, we have found. Information critical to fight corruption is hard to get. We have lots of data, but very few to fight against corruption. Especially because corruption is, I mean, Drivers are very smart, they're clever, they try to hide themselves, so they're not going to be open very much. The second, so uh, we didn't talk about all the problems about the quality of data, opening data, I mean we didn't get into the technical issues. What I would say is that we still miss a lot, a lot of information to detect corruption, especially if we have to follow the money and to follow these corruptive schemes around the world because we, have, we need a lot of information. The second big issue, which is negative, there are lots of um, trade-offs between different rights. Privacy, uh, confidentiality, concerns, and then proportionality. Um, open information is black or white attitude. We want everything open or we keep everything closed, but we don't distinguish. We have in Italy a special tradition of doing um, um, special procedures for procurement. We are always late for doing things, so we always use special procurement rules that uh, deregulate the standard rules, but we don't increase transparency on, on the other way around. So uh, we need to balance the different rights. The third one, someone told it, uh, there's growing emerging risk of criminal abuse of data. It's not only the mm, delivering of fake invoices, but it's also taking personal information and um, um, personal asset declaration to know if a person is wealth or not for um, criminal purposes. Um, about corporates, of course, um, criminal organizations 
organizations have lots of money to launder and if you have the budget of the companies and you know which companies are performing not very well, you can go there and say, look, we have a lot of money to, to borrow. You know. And the last one, uh, we put it in the negative. Probably it's because it's a rather new thing, but we found no evidence of primary role of open data in judicial cases of corruption. If we talk about crime of corruption, open data uh, can help investigating, but there's, there's been no direct, explicit role, primary role in um, uh, detecting it. What about neutral impact? Um, open data helps you um, in detecting, which is something wrong, something suspicious, uh, more than preventing. Uh, this is neutral because we don't know how much prevention follows from, um, comes from uh, opening information. Uh, there's a lot of uh, um, interest about um, the public officials, um, how do you say it? They, they, they don't get into these illicit or unethical behaviors because they know they're being watched, but we have no evidence. Um, this is something which is maybe more um, relevant in Italy. Small communities of very skilled people that they drive the open data movement. In Italy we have really less than 10 persons that are in any open data initiative, you have always the same person. And sometimes they are consultants of the government, sometimes they do initiatives, sometimes they open as a civil society, you never know. That's not bad, sometimes a bit more transparency could be good, but we put it as a neutral thing. Uh, we believe that control is easier at smaller level, at the local level. It's easier to, to see if money are spent in a good way rather than in a complex way. Intensive capital uh, projects, of course, are the, most, the, the more interesting and appealing, also in terms of money. But you need strong analytical skills to understand if a contract is, has been done in the proper way, if the procurement procedure was right or not. So um, it's really difficult to, to, to trace back uh, and to find out if corruption uh, occurred, especially because corruption is formally perfect. So if you look only at data, you will find you will never find something wrong. You have to link data with other information and do some intelligence activity. The fourth one, high expectation on default effectiveness, uh, the utopia of more open data, more transparency, less corruption. It doesn't work so easily, it's much more complex. Not good, not bad, neutral, but there's a risk of, um, how do you say when you're very happy, and disappointment, uh, kind of open bubble. Positive impact. Um, there is increased political commitment of opening. There is huge movement. Governments want to be open, they want to show that they are open, especially because there is a political positive feedback in this. Um, the more data you have, the more you will be able to compare different activities, different projects. And the more data you have, the more people will be able to get access to that. And in, in the time, if you have lots of people, lots of information, someone will come up with a very smart app and will find a way to use it. The third one, we heard about it, cheaper, faster and safer investigative activities. Both journalists and law enforcement, especially in risky countries, it's not really the case in Europe, but for instance in Italy, if you have to investigate about infiltration between connection between mafia and corruption, sometimes it's very good you know, to, to, to just do it downloading some data sets instead of making phone calls. And the other positive impact is request for new legislation. So there, there is a pressure to have new laws 
and possibly um, harmonize at the EU level. Only 12 of them. Um, the idea of the project was we analyze the impact and then we try to make some recommendations. We have no idea which kind of recommendation we'll, have, we'll produce in a month time. But basically, we want to go towards strategy to unlock this potential of open data. So we try to um, list obstacles and drivers. So in the future, what can increase or um, the other way around <laughs> the, the impact of open data. The obstacles. Um, again, we didn't talk about it. We, we just wrote the general limits of open data. Sorry, no, because oh, you're right. General limits of open data and granularity. You can't get uh, into a single specific case of corruption only looking at data sets. You need to have more specific information. Um, an obstacle is harmonization of open data. Uh, as I told you, corruption definitely in Italy is becoming smarter, more, more sophisticated. You need to have comparable things. And uh, another obstacle we're lacking, as we said, information specifically for anti-corruption. Uh, this is for the supply of open data. In terms of demands, limits in the access to information, which is partly by laws, partly by people's skills. I mean, we did a survey in Italy, we surveyed 4,000 people in one afternoon more or less, because we did a survey in the newspaper and got 4,000 replies in an afternoon. And we said, did you ever download a data set? And 80% of people said, no, sorry. And we said, okay, <laughs> so it's good to have data sets if nobody knows. And then we asked, do you know some of the most interesting initiatives, OpenExpo, or some of other initiatives? And 80% of people again said, I've never heard about that. Initiatives that cost millions of euros, not OpenExpo, but other initiatives. So sometimes it's the law that is stopping people from getting information, sometimes it's people itself not uh, asking information. There's a gap between open data and anti-corruption groups. Yeah, I will take less than five. Uh, these two words are completely separated. Open, uh, uh, how do you say, the jigs? I mean, people who know how to download and to develop beautiful apps, they, are, they, they love their apps, and I've met some, many of them, they said, Develop this beautiful tool, I don't understand why people don't use it. And the other one say, I did the same. Why didn't we cooperate? And say, okay. But then you move to the other group and you say, we are experts in anti-corruption. What is open data? I say, okay, let's start talking together. I was in, in Berlin in January for the follow the initiatives. Well, like a hundred of people, and there was one criminologist, myself. And the other one were developers of beautiful things, beautiful maps, beautiful graphs and whatever. But then you say, okay, I have the map, what should I do? And on the other way, maybe, the, um, I mean, law enforcement say, why don't you open this kind of information? Why don't you leave this data? Because this is what I need. Um, the last one, it's about resources. Um, open data initiatives require money, because it can be based on voluntary activities. And this, those money should be provided by governments, by foundations, by someone. But, uh, this movement shall be supported. Um, the drivers. On the supply side, growing open and free sources of information. I mean, more and more and more information. Growing political commitment on open governance. The open government partnership is a really interesting initiative. And what we found is about open data that there is a strong dialogue between government and civil society. I mean, the, the, 
dialogue and is, is growing up and there, there's more and more a commitment of the government to um, empower people and to be accountable. Um, and on the demand side, digital skills hopefully will grow in time. When you learn how to use pricing, you will always use it, so it's, it's great. Um, in terms of, I mean, that's a statistical uh, thinking, critical masses of potential uh, civic watchdogs. I mean, young people will grow up, they will all be used, uh, capable to use this information. And then, hopefully, I mean, the, the mature um, uh, age of open data initiatives. I mean, developers are starting talking about each other. There, there is a kind of um, critical assessment of what is good, what works, what doesn't work, in, even in, in this new world. So probably there will be an announcement also in the quality. Um, that's it. This is the result of the project. And uh, in the next days we will discuss and uh, uh, finalize these uh, um, sentences and we will have more of them. And I conclude inviting you to follow us on the project website. Thank you. Thank you.